You're riding on the Denial Bus with Patty Crouch and Holly Gates. Okay, guys, I'm really excited because the person we're interviewing today, her name is Ashley. I know her, but don't know her, but know her. I know that sounds weird, but she is one of Chris's black belt friends. Like she's like some crazy fourth degree black belt in like Tang Sudo or Tang Tang Sudo. She gave me the nod. Tang Sudo, not Tang Quad Do or something. I don't know. And this is what I'm excited about. She's also a green belt in Krav which is what Chris teaches. I'm, oh no, I'm also a green belt. We're tied. <laughs> I thought I was a blue belt, but I keep saying I'm going for blue belt and then I get a kid. And so I don't want any more kids. So I stopped training. <laughs> That's basically how went th- that went. However, I have known you of you and known you for years. And then Chris one day was like, oh, you know, Ashley has a special needs sister. And I was like, wait, wait, what? Like Ashley? Like, Ashley, Ashley? Like, Ashley, Black Belt Ashley? And she's like, yeah, Black Belt Ashley has a special needs sister. And she's the sole, like, provider and guardianship of her. And I was like, holy moly, didn't know that. Didn't see that one coming. So we have her on the podcast so that we can talk about so many things. I have so many questions for you. Um, but let's first tell everyone your story. And Holly's here, too. I feel like she hasn't said hello. Hi. okay so first of all it's you your sister's the oldest and then it's you and then you have a younger sister yeah my younger sister's in college right now okay so your oldest sister is diagnosed with autism and mental retardation and mental retardation okay how old is she she turned 29 and she'll be turning 30 this year okay so then how old are you I just turned 21 I'll be turning 22 this year Okay, so she, I can't do math. She's a good solid six years older than you. Eight. <laughs> That's why I need Heather to do the math for me. <laughs> the Asian brain. Um, so she's eight years older than you. And then it's you who's 21. Oh my gosh. She's so young. Are we even going to relate? <laughs> I think so. I I'm, think she's been forced to be a little bit older. I'm okay, an old well, soul. Yeah. I just, I'm 21. I'm like, uh, I was in 21 Costa Rica drinking like dollar shots okay must be nice <laughs> it was rub it in Patty. now i take shots here so it's kind of <laughs> different okay and then how old is your sister uh susanna just turned 19 19 yeah okay, she so doesn't live with me so i don't keep track well that makes complete sense that makes complete sense okay so my first question is at what age was your sister i guess she was already diagnosed by the time you were born if she's eight years older at what age were you when you kind of realized, okay, she's not, like something's different? I was probably about seven when I realized that she was a little off compared to most other kids' uh, siblings, which means she was about 15. And okay. so at probably age eight is when my mom kind of introduced me to how to start taking care of her. Oh, wow. Yeah. So very oh. young, your mom was like, I need help and we got to do this. As a single mom, she said, well, you're the next up, so you got to be there. So, Oh, wow. Okay, so tell, just so we have a picture, what's your sister's name? Cassie. Cassandra, Cass. Cass, okay. Oh, my sister's name is Cassie. Oh, really? 
<laughs> my sister's not named Cassie. <laughs> I, I feel left out now. Well, I felt left out during your crop talk, so <laughs> there we go. Well, now we're all in. Okay, we're good. Um, explain, like, her, like, cognitive level and, like, where she is on the spectrum so we can get an idea of who Cassie is. When my mom first explained it to me, she told me that mentally she was about the same age as a five-year-old. And so for me, watching her grow over the years, I think she's maybe progressed to a seven-year-old. Okay. So she does not have much comprehension. She can read. She can spell. She can't do any math. Um, but that's about it. Okay. What about impulsivity? Like, is it? <laughs> <laughs> she's super impulsive. Um, she has, I don't know if they could technically diagnose her with it because she's not necessarily cognitive. Uh, she doesn't have a high cognitive ability to tell people what she needs or anything. So she has really bad OCD. She turns on and off the lights however many times. I never figure it out because it's whatever her number is in her head that day. Oh, it changes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And same thing. If I leave the room, the lights are on. She'll go back, turn off the lights. Uh, if I'm in the room with her, I have to sit on the floor. If I'm outside of the room, the door has to be closed. So she has very specific ways that she likes things done, as well as food is a problem for her because she needs to have the last bite. And as a mom, I'm sure you understand sacrificing last bite. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so I cheat and I give her like two cookies in the tin and I hide the rest of the cookies. And then I eat the cookies later. <laughs> but she thinks they're all gone. So it works well, out. Completely. You hide the the ice cream in the frozen vegetable <laughs> container um, so that the kids yeah. don't ever get it. Yeah, exactly. My uh, chocolate's behind the cleaning supplies. Yep. I put <laughs> yeah. like crackers in the cereal box so she doesn't see that. You learn all the tricks of like, wh- where's the weirdest thing you've hidden something? Um, probably like in my room, in the drawer. I've hid a box of pasta in my room, like in my bedroom drawer. <laughs> pasta. I would be like, you can have the pasta. You're not having any of the chocolate. <laughs> um, I found when we were moving all sorts of like hidden <laughs> stuff <laughs> all in my clothing drawers. I had hidden starbursts and all these little candies that I like. And I was like, oh, this is like Christmas. I'm doing all this stuff <laughs> new again. Um, I just put it up really high where no one can reach it. See, but I'm not tall, so I have to climb counters anyway. And, and your sister's just probably as tall as you are. Yeah, so that she's doesn't like work. five foot. So. And actually, I should just hide it because it's always there. So they're mm. always asking for it. But, but if they didn't know it existed, that would be much better. I've actually asked Chris in our new house to do a hidden compartment for me that they don't know about. And he was like, okay, it's on the list. We'll get done before the mortgage is paid. That's basically when that's 30 years. 30 (laughs) years. I'm giving him grace. He's done a lot. Um, Okay. So seven. Okay. So there's like, there's how verbal is she? Um, She usually uses phrases if she needs something. So like bathroom, uh, water, she will ask specifically for food because she usually knows what she wants. So if she wants like spaghetti, she'll say spaghetti and meatballs. Um, she can't usually formulate sentences. And so I kind of teach her how to fragment because it bothers me how demanding she is sometimes. I can imagine. Yeah. yeah and so she'll ask for stuff. And she's like, uh, what? she'll say dishes. I'm like, you know where the sink is? You can go put your dishes away. And she'll get up and do it because she understands. But as far as asking for stuff, I've started to teach her how to say please and thank you. And she doesn't get it, but I can prep, like, prep her for the command and say, please. And then she'll kind of say, you know, please, can I have X, Y, or Z? Gotcha. So she's 29 now. Mm-hmm. So what do you think, how much more growth do you think she'll be able to 
Because the brain's neuroplastic, but at the same time, when these brains are wired differently, it's not neuroplastic as a healthy neurotypical brain would be kind of thing. I think the furthest she would probably get is maybe like age 10, and that would be kind of understanding how to do addition and then subtraction. Because as far as math goes, it's still hard for her to understand like, okay, I had three brownies, three of them are gone where are the other brownies? And it's like, no, there's no more brownies now. Unless she sees a container, and then she's like, okay, I believe you. I do that with Jackson a lot. It's all gone. Look, empty, empty. All done now. He's really good at memorizing where all my places where I did hide things before. So he'll be like, no, they're (laughs) up there. And I'm like, no, you already ate them, and I already moved them. So now I have to find. So now I've gotten into showing him all the places that I used to hide things. It's a lot of work. That's funny. Hi, these kids that we take care of. Yeah. Okay, so keep, okay, so at seven, and then at eight, at seven, you kind of started realizing, okay, this, my sister's different than any other sibling. Yes. And at eight, your mom already, so uh, your single mom, like she was a single mom the whole time, are, are starting to um, teach you. Can I ask a question of, did your, was your dad ever around? Did he leave because of the hardships? Is we were talking about this one time. Um, that you know, special needs kids, it's a lot, and marriages tend not to survive because it demands so much on the marriage, on the kid. The marriage gets left behind essentially, and sacrificed for the need of the kid. So is that kind of what happened? Um, no. My mom has a very interesting story too, and it's part of my story. My mom was abused by my dad, and so me and Cassie have separate dads. I don't know if you realize that. No. Her dad died when she was eight, so right before I was born, and he died of an overdose. And so my mom ended up finding somebody else, and then they got married. They had me, and I was an accident. I was not planned, so it was kind of a... Well, I'm uh, glad you're here. Yeah, I I don't know if you'd call it a happy accident, considering the way I turned out, but um, my mom had me, and then my dad ended up leaving because my mom threatened to have the police involved. And so actually backfired, and she was the one that ended up getting arrested for a short period of time. What, your mom did? Mm-hmm. That's not, what, what? So she calls the police for like a domestic violence, I'm assuming, kind of thing, and she ends up getting arrested? She was on drugs at the time, so she wasn't clean. Oh, well, that uh, yeah. definitely puts a turn on things. Were you born drug exposed? Yes. Yeah, my mom was on. Oh that. my goodness, this is me like a five-parter. Because <laughs> now you're just adding all these layers to I this. Know. Yeah. Oh, okay. That wow. So, what were you, if you don't mind asking, exposed to? Meth. That was my mom's drug of choice at the time. I once heard that the reason why lots of people choose meth is because it's a easy high, and when you're pregnant, you get high quicker and faster. And so lots of people who are drug addicts will, in the foster care system, the, the tendency is to get pregnant so the high is better. Not that your mom did that because if you were an accident, then that was a total accident. But that's crazy. Yeah. I've think. never heard that. So that's interesting. Um, probably another reason why she didn't want to quit is because it was cheaper. It's like, oh, when you're pregnant, it's cheaper because you can use less meth and get the same amount of high, which yeah. wrong on so many levels. <laughs> so many levels. So how was that growing up for you? Like, how has it affected Wait, what you? What age were you when she went to jail? 
I was about seven or eight when she ended up going to prison. And so she was supposed to originally get a 10 to 15 year sentence, but she had followed God, came to Christ right before her sentencing. And she pleaded with him. And so that was kind of when I started to believe too, but she ended up getting seven months. Oh, wow. And that was it. So was the abusive dad in that picture at all? Like once she, okay, I'm getting so confused in this timeline. Um, when did your dad leave then? My dad probably left the picture finally like out of the household after I was six. Okay. And so he was around, he was in the San Fernando Valley at the time and he had been around until I was probably 15 and then he ended up moving to Colorado. And so I saw him in and out, you know, uh, CEO, Christa, uh, Christmas and Easter only. So it was like, <laughs> okay, like, but yeah. And it was visitations here and there, birthday cards, whenever he could. He spelled my name right all the time. And the big joke in the family was he never spelled Susanna's name right. Because <laughs> he always spelled it with one N. And so it was really funny because it just kind of showed how long he was around for. Wow. Like they didn't even know. No. And Susanna's the same dad as you. Yeah, me and Susanna have the same dad. Cassie's dad was before us. Okay. So who watched you when your mom was in prison? Uh, my mom's mom, my grandma. Okay. And so, well, so my mom's mom could not handle all three of us. So we separated. Understandably. Yeah. Yeah, so my mom's mom watched Cassie because they got along really well. And I ended up going with Susanna to San Francisco to spend time with my aunt. And so I spent a school semester up there. Crazy. Yeah, she had two kids too, so we all got along pretty good. But So your cousins became your sisters yeah. kind of thing. And then your mom got found Jesus, which is great, and got clean. Yeah, she used her prison time to kind of just finish getting clean. She's saying she got clean before she went in, so it wouldn't be as hard with the detoxing and everything. Crazy. I'm like, we haven't even started. Um, if it makes you feel better, I don't think Chris knows any of this. Then he'll have something to listen to. Yep. Chris, you're learning a lot. Thought you knew Ashley, but you don't. <laughs> Which I actually need to stop right now. I appreciate you being a support for him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, it was really hard for us and at moments, and he was like, this is kind of sweet. He goes, Ashley's your Holly. Ashley's Aww. my Holly. And I was like, oh, that's cute. Okay, well, then you got to keep talking to <laughs> Ashley. I'm glad that he has a Holly now. Oh, yes. And I'm glad he referred to me as your Holly. That's cute. <laughs> so, anyway, so thank you for that. We'll get that. We'll get back to there. But anyways. Um, okay, so then he, she goes, so she started teaching you when she was kind of getting sober to say, oh, crap, I have to take care of all my kids now and so then you started learning how to take care of Cassie well how did that conversation go like one of my biggest fears is that I'm causing the girls more trauma because of having Jackson because he's so much and so often I'm like we got to go because of Jackson or we can't do this because of Jackson's therapy or because well they'll get mad like why are you letting him and I'm like because he's five cognitively three and we're still working on things like it's this I feel like they are getting, and then when he's, you know, going ape shit and like throwing things and whatnot, it's kind of ter- scary in our house sometimes. So I kind of feel like I'm causing more trauma to them. So I couldn't imagine being eight years old and going, okay, you need to take care of your sister. Like, and that responsibility at eight years old, like my daughters are just need to focus on learning how to read. <laughs> like they don't need to be focusing on having taking care of Jackson. Although I have hinted towards we're gone, he's yours yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the first 
memories I have of Cassie and taking care of her was actually her throwing a fit at my grandma's house and my mom had left and I decided to take a nap while Cassie was there. And my grandma was an elderly woman as most grandmas are, but I fell asleep and I woke up and Cassie was sitting on our front lawn when my mom pulled up from the grocery store and I got an ass whooping and she was like, why the hell is Cassie outside? She's sitting on the grass. Something could have happened. And Cassie was probably 16 at the time. And so she was fine. She just wanted to go sit on the grass, but she's not allowed to leave the house without us. She's not mentally capable of being out in the world on her own. So it was a scary moment for me. And I was kind of like, oh, I guess I, yeah, I got to step up a little bit. It was a moment. That's probably the moment where you're like, I'm not going to have a normal childhood taking care of my sister. Yes. What? If you remember any of those emotions, like what, like were there anger of like crap? I got to grow up now. Like, thanks a lot. Like were there ever moments where you were like, this sucks. Like, um, as far as that goes, I want to say I never really felt like a, what was me kind of story. It was more of a, I've seen my mom come from literally like bottom of the barrel, just on absolute rock bottom and work so hard to try and make it better for us, whether it was financially or where we lived. And so it was like, the least I could do is help out with Cassie around the house. So you took it as, it's just such a big person. I'm like, I have all the time. I'm like, woe is me. (laughs) Like constantly. (laughs) She's like, I'm eight years old. I'm going to take care of my sister. That's really awesome that you had that mentality to be able to, and it's a way healthier mentality than my mentality to do that for your mom. Well, you have to also take into account, I was eight. I had no responsibilities. You had two kids and then you had another so you had more responsibilities than me at the time. Oh, she's that's even a so bigger nice. person right now. I know. She's trying to make you feel better. <laughs> and it's totally <laughs> working. So I'm nice. like, yeah, it is different. And I'm good. Okay. And you're married to Chris. So it's kind of. Oh, snap. <laughs> 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 you have to make me feel better or he's going to kick your ass? Or... I hope so. Uh, he's, everyone, like, everyone, I, it's a, nah, I, don't even, I don't even know what to say. Everyone <laughs> loves Chris. He's the best. I oh, I thought guy. she was saying it like, and you're married to Chris. You had that on top of everything Oh, that's else. what, yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, yeah. Oh. That's why I went, oh, snap. <laughs> so, that, oh, I finally got it. Yeah. Oh, he's a handful. I'm glad Holly's here. <laughs> She's I'll translate. Good. She'll translate for me. Um, I just gave him a compliment and it wasn't a compliment at all. <laughs> all right, Chris. I'm thinking she wants to get tapped out because she just totally. Definitely. Like, Snapped you or whatever. Snapped you? I don't even know. I'm going to stop talking. Okay. Where was I going with this? Um, I, I, I actually jumped ahead, too. It was like, how did the crystal meth thing affect your life? Like, I feel <laughs> like we haven't talked about that. I mean, mentally, there's not necessarily anything wrong with me. Like, the doctors will say there's nothing wrong with me. But, I mean, as far as learning and doing schooling, at, I didn't get this diagnosed officially with ADHD until high school and Mm -hmm. I asked the doctors to keep it off my record because at the time I was looking at applying to a military academy and they would have made it much harder for me to even be in the application process had I been diagnosed with something so I was doing that and I actually started taking ADHD medicine not Adderall it was just a different kind of medicine yeah there's different ones yeah and so they had me on that and for the rest of high school that really helped but after high school I was like well I don't need it anymore so 
That's also one of the big correlations with babies born with crystal meth is that they they have a sensory overload, so they tend to have some sensory disorders as well as ADHD, which tends to be a sensory kind of type disorder. It's not classified as, but oh, wait, wait, no, way too much about this crap. I wish I didn't. Anyways, um, so that makes sense then. Okay, when did when did you find that out? Like well, that was my junior year of high school. So when did you find out that you're, you were born exposed? Oh, probably when I was like 11. And there was a thought process there of like, all right, well, that sucks, but I'm going to be, yeah. do this. It was the same idea. My mom, she kind of just explained to me, you can either be a victim or a victor. It's up to you. And so I was like, okay, there's nothing physically wrong with me. I should be blessed yeah. at this point. Because yeah, at that point you already know you're fine. Everybody knows you're fine. So Hopefully, telling yeah. you, guess what could happen? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. That's really awesome that your mom had that mentality. It sounds like, besides, like, it sounds like getting clean and finding Christ, like, completely, she became an amazing mom. So maybe the first seven years, six years, not maybe the best, but she really turned her life around, and that's awesome. Yeah, she did a pretty good job. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I want my daughters to say that about me eventually one day. Well, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. The jury's still out. It'll be a couple years. But yeah, yeah. It'll be late, way later. <laughs> but when they have kids of their own, I they'll be like, I call you know my what? mom right. until freshman in college going, uh, Mom, I'm so glad you always had food in the fridge and like all this stuff because I never, I just took it for granted. Yeah. I didn't realize how much she really did until, you know. Well, my daughters have told me I do nothing, so they kind of know because I did nothing for two hours. And they were like, what? I was like, yeah, you get your own pickle. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. Sorry. I digress. I hope my kids do that. I hope my kids be like Ashley. Oh, thank you. Um, okay. What's the next? What, where are we going? I'm all over the place. Okay. So, so what happened next with your mom? Because you are now the sole caretaker of your sister right are you asking why she's out of the picture or? yes uh so in 2016 i was at grad night for my senior year of high school and my mom called me at, so i was at disneyland she called me and said hey don't want you to worry but i'm in the hospital i was like well i'm kind of worried i'm gonna <laughs> yeah. uber home like she's like no you know enjoy your night i just wasn't feeling well it's nothing big i'm like well if you're in the hospital clearly something's wrong and so I called her the next morning and it was probably like 5 a.m. And I said, I'm coming to get you like to see what's up. And, you know, she told me she was like, no, you need to get Cassie on the bus to school. You need to take Susanna to school. Don't worry about it. Go to school yourself. You better not sleep in. I was like, OK. So I was on zero sleep and I ended up doing all that. Wait, wait, time out. Why do they have grad night and then school the next day? That's it's, stupid. It's very stupid. Oh, good point. And Sorry. <laughs> my brain couldn't stop thinking about like. So that wasn't it a Friday? Like I always yeah. thought grad night should be a Friday night so that you have no school on Saturday. That okay. would be ideal. Yeah. Even for middle school, I think it was the same way. It was like grad night was on a Thursday night. So it was still, you had to show up to school on Friday. And so I was like, okay, this oh, is let's give a whole bunch of middle schoolers who are already stupid. Yeah. No sleep. And then put them back together. Yep. They should ask me these things. And I would totally change the world if they asked me how to run the things. Okay, sorry. I had to get that out of my mind or I would never. No, that was a good catch. I didn't even catch that. (laughs) The world. Okay. But yeah, and so I ended up taking Susanna to school that day. And then I went to school. I picked up Susanna and then I got Cassie off the bus. And we have a caregiver that would come during the week. And so a caregiver came and me and Susanna went to the hospital. And we sat with my mom. 
And so it was maybe the second day she was in the hospital. At this point, I, I'm really dumb if you haven't picked that up yet. Um, I so haven't picked that up no, yet. Me Did you pick that up yet? No, I don't think not you at are. All. Okay. I don't know if I was in the bathroom, if I was just sitting there not listening, but at some point somebody had told them what the deal was. And so on the third day when we went to go visit, Susanna told me that my aunt was coming in from town. And so I was like, well, that's weird. You know, mom's fine. Like, why the hell is she coming in? And then on the way to the hospital, Susanna told me that she was diagnosed most likely with stage four colon cancer. And so at that point I was like, oh, that makes a lot more sense now. And so on the way to the hospital, I cried the whole way. Okay. First of all, I don't think you're dumb. I think your body's protecting itself. Yeah. Like, yeah, you you don't want to real like like you're on the denial bus, which is the reason why this whole podcast, like I would not like want to acknowledge that yet. Like it would take time, especially when you're already have so many responsibilities like your brain probably already knew what was ahead and it was like we're just not gonna go there yet let's live two more days with us just having a normal senior year and that's exactly what happened I lived the next two days I was fine I was like no my mom's just not feeling well and then I found out on the third day and I was like oh okay so this is actually happening and then we started talking about treatment options and what would be the best route and at first it sounded very hopeful but I also wasn't aware how terminal colon cancer can be and so I was kind of hoping for the best well it just wasn't very likely and I kind of accepted that early on but they ended up doing uh alternative treatments out in Mexico she went down there a couple times uh I think they went to New Mexico at some point in Arizona and they were just trying alternative treatments as well as eating different foods and doing everything they could and it just ended up not working out and so they gave her about a year and a half left and she made it 11 months. Oh, wow. Yeah. So she was able to come home and put things in order. How did those, how do you live 11 months knowing that your mom's going to die and then you're going to be taking care of your sister? Like, I just transport back to when I had to get rid of, not get rid of, that sounds horrible, when I had a, uh, when Mario left. Mm-hmm. And those last two weeks were horrible for me. Yeah. Like, how do you live 11 months of that? I mean, as far as that goes, I think it was more of like, uh, you'll get there with the girls eventually, but it's like preparing for your kid to leave to college. You know, it's going to happen. You know, they have to go off. You have Mm -hmm. to set things in order for them. And so that's what my mom did. She spent that time doing, and that's what we then spent the time doing with me, which was how to run a household. And I think I learned better sadly doing it the way I had to rather than going through four years of college and then trying to figure it out on my own later. So I'm grateful for it because I think it has pushed me to a different level than I normally would have been at this age normally without Cassie, without my mom passing. So (laughs) I don't even know what to say. It's like, (laughs) it was good. So glad my mom died so I could be a better adult. Like, I mean, I love that you have that positive look on it like that's really the only way to survive these kind of things so what did what did she prepare you for like what like give us some of the lessons that like that she did like what do you remember from those times of so I think the funniest thing was I grew up kind of learning how to raise Cassie and so it was I did my own laundry I did Cassie's laundry I didn't do my mom's laundry unless she needed me to which I didn't have a problem with Susanna is kind of weird. So she likes doing her own laundry. And so in which case I kind of learned to take care of household items at 
an earlier age than I probably normally would have, which was probably around 11 or 12. Yeah. So when she got diagnosed, the only thing that really changed for me was learning how to pay bills on my own. And so it was getting all the accounts that we had transferred into my name so I could start paying them. And then everything was set for when she did pass. We didn't have to worry about there being a lack of transfer for everything. And my aunt helped with a lot of that, too. Was there ever a moment where you were like, I don't want to do this? Like, did you have an option? Did you ever think about having an option? Did you? I think it goes back to when I was in middle school, I realized that I wanted to go serve in the military. And so originally I wanted to go serve and then come back and then take care of my mom and Cassie. And that was before she got sick. And so that was my mentality all the way up until I think it was April of senior year. And so... I had three months to then change my entire route afterwards. And I told my mom, I'm not going to go to college and I'll stay home and take care of you. And she was like, no, if you don't start now, you'll never start. And so I ended up getting accepted to CSUN, which I had not applied the previous year. I had applied to everywhere else because of ROTC programs that would allow me to then go to college and then serve afterwards. And so I was originally supposed to go to San Marcos down in San Diego. Mm -hmm. And because it is a CSU school, they talked to the board of directors and they got me transferred to CSUN, which was awesome because I had not applied. And so I ended up going to CSUN my first semester. And let's see. So that was fall of 2016. And she had gotten significantly worse. And then May of 2017, that second semester, she had passed. And so it was like maybe a month and a half before finals. And I did not do very well in school, obviously, so it was hard. But other than the schooling, I think most of it was just kind of me getting ready for when she's gone. And it was me getting ready as well as realizing, okay, Susanna now has a year and a half left of high school that she still needs to finish to be able to be successful for college. And so it was making sure that she kind of had been set up for success um, scholastically by not worrying about Cassie. So you decided to take Cassie on so that your sister, Susanna, can have a normal childhood. Yes, and as much as possible. Because one thing Susanna did really well during the whole thing was she took care of my mom a lot. I took care of a lot of the gross stuff, but Susanna took care of her for everything else. Feeding her, getting her dressed, but as far as... You said the gross stuff? Like bathroom stuff and bathing gotcha, her. Gotcha, yeah. And so in which case, Susanna's I heard of, growth for a second oh. and I was like, <laughs> um, I'm confused. Okay. Yeah. Yes. No, Susanna's a germaphobe. So it was the same thing, you know, and it was just. Well, you're already she taking does care of Cassie. So it's kind of like laundry. poops poop. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I was okay getting a dog while Jackson was. I was like, I'm already wiping a butt. Might as well pick up yeah. poop too. Yeah. So I'd, I'd, I'd rather I'd pick up poop than wipe a butt. So, I mean, I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah. Anyways, okay. Um, wow, amazing. So did Susanna stay in your household after your mom passed? And then you said she doesn't live with you now. Is she because she's at college? Yeah, she okay. got a scholarship to Baylor uh, Baylor University in Waco, Texas. Oh, yeah. she's a Baylor bear. Sick em. <laughs> I'm not a Baylor bear. I'm a... All right, you're from Texas. I'm like, how did you know that? That's right. I yeah. know all. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I'm from Texas. <laughs> so... I know the Baylor Bears. Uh, anyways, okay. Um, is she still there? What year is she in now? Uh, she just started her second year, so she's going into her fourth semester. She just started her fourth semester, I think, two weeks ago, last week maybe. Okay. 
Because your mom passed away three years ago. What's the math? I don't do math. Maybe you already know this. Yeah, about three years ago in April. Okay. So your sister, Cassie, can she be on her own at all? Or she kind of always needs someone? Um, It depends what she's doing. Okay. Uh, if she's watching TV, depends how long the episode is or the movie or whatever she feels like watching. I've had days where I can leave her unattended in her room for three hours at a time, just based off what she wants to watch. In which case, if it's three hours of the same thing, then it's three hours of the same thing. But I usually don't leave her alone, like leaving the house unless it's to go down the street or to pick something up because she just makes me nervous being unattended. And that makes sense. Yeah. And if she's asleep, I'm okay. I feel okay if I have to run to the grocery store. So I usually go grocery shopping around 10 p.m. because that's when she's asleep. But wow. Yeah, I feel like you've created – okay, how are you paying for like, – she got a scholarship. I was like, how are you paying for college? You're 21 <laughs> years old. Did you finish your schooling? No. I started schooling at CSUN, and then I did a little bit of schooling over at Pierce, but I haven't finished my schooling yet. So what's your goal with that? It can be to drop out. I don't care. Uh, it's not necessarily to drop out. I would like to get my degree in education as well as whether it's to become a teacher or to better understand kids like Cassie because I want to have my own school one day, in which case I want to be able to understand all kids of different cognitive abilities. But you want to have your own school? Like you want to be the principal of a school or do you want to start your own school in the sense of like martial arts school? Uh, ah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I have a little bit more free will in that department, so. Yeah, when did you find martial arts? I was six. My mom, well, so I wanted to start when I was five, but my mom told me that all the schools around us wouldn't take me till I was six, and so I waited until I was six. On my sixth birthday, my mom woke me up and was like, you get to start karate today, yay. And we went up to the YMCA in Porter Ranch, and I started karate there. Okay, and then you found America's Best... Right after my mom uh, got out of prison, we moved down the street, and we had moved into the apartments that were behind Ralph's at the time. Oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Ralph's is the, the grocery store that's across the street from America's Best, which is the school that Chris originally trained at. Well, I originally trained at with him. So that's how we found America's Best. So she was doing Taekwondo. Tong Sudo. Tong Sudo. I knew I said it wrong. <laughs> I don't care. Okay, yeah, I do care. I'm sorry. Tongsudo? Tongsudo. Tongsudo. Um, and they have a Krav program. And then Chris and I found Krav. And then Chris now has Bourbon Krav Maga. Exactly. So, um, okay. So then you were able to continue. As I know, well, that's a whole family. Like, I'm pretty sure they always helped you just have childhood it just doesn't make it weird yeah I mean you know as far as it normal goes karate was my soccer like it was my club sport the only difference was it was walking distance and at the time my mom didn't care if I walked or not so if I wanted to go to class I walked if I didn't want to go to class my mom drove me because she knew that I needed to be in classes but do you want to have your own martial arts studio do you want to do tang sudo tong sudo Ah, I got it wrong again. <laughs> do you okay. want to do Tongsudo? Yeah, or I'd like to have a Tongsudo program as well as eventually Krav and Jiu-Jitsu. Okay. That's it I got on that. I'm 
it's an it's flexibility and kids programs are huge and it could totally and you know it and you're I mean you're 15,000 degree black belt and whatever the hell the sport's <laughs> called <laughs> and you'll eventually be a black belt in Krav so you're in you're why go to school let's read books yeah like why waste yeah. all that I'm sorry I'm not <laughs> pro schooling or anti schooling I'm just like do what you need to do to educate yourself to do what you need to do. Yeah. And if you're going to open up a school, you're probably better off with having all the degrees, which are of black belts, and then reading the good books that you need to read and then be there. Yeah. And my first mess, well, my first year at CSUN, I definitely learned a lot in the classes that they had because it was stuff that I hadn't seen before. I got to take a child development class, and that was cool. Um, I got to take a math class that was for elementary school students, which was dumb, but I mean, (laughs) I guess it was learning, so. Crazy. Okay, so that's your goal. Your goal is to have your own studio, Mm -hmm. your own dojo. Yes. All right. So who watches Cassie while you're, like, here right now? Uh, Her name's Nicole. She's usually my weekly sitter. Uh, She is 22. And so what's funny is we're kind of on the same boat as far as she's in college right now. So I have to kind of flex with her semester schedule. So I'm going to be hiring another person soon. But usually the schedule is Monday through Thursday or Monday through Friday, six hours a day. And then on the weekends, I get hours from the state. And so that's all paid for by the state. And then if I need her for excess amount of hours, I'll pay her privately. Okay. So you get respite as well. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, We're assuming you get IHSS. Yes. Okay. Uh, Well, the... Yes, I get IHSS. She's paid through a different um, accounting system, accredited. Okay, so we were talking about this earlier, how, like, when it comes to special needs kids, like, we're, it's kids. Like, I, Jackson's five. My girls are nine. Like, I know how to do IEPs. I know how to do all this stuff. But then when it comes to adults, it's not like they just all of a sudden graduate high school and then they don't need any of these services. So what kind of services are out there for a an adult who has autism. Oh, this is like, the, you're like, this is the boring stuff. No, it's just, it was an interesting process because you're exactly, I mean, you know, it's not like she turned 18 and it's like, okay, bye, like get out. Uh, the program that she was in before the program she's in now, I think took her until she was 25. And so at 25, it was right before my mom had been diagnosed with everything. So thankfully I didn't have to deal with it, but I went with my mom to all the school locations that we had checked out. And I don't remember any of the ones we checked out because they weren't worth remembering. And oh, so, really? So the one that we were set on uh, originally told us that they don't take, um, I don't know how you would phrase it, I don't, violent kids. Because mm. Cassie can be self-inflicting as well as... Uh, kids with behavioral issues is yeah, how they yeah, would yeah. phrase it. With aggressive issues. Yes, exactly. And so she was on a wait list for a while. And it wasn't a wait list of, okay, there's X amount of people in front of you. It was a wait list because they didn't want to take her. And, you know, I understood it. Cassie's a, she's a big girl and she's an aggressive individual. And so in which case, after talking to the head of the program for a couple months, we were able to convince him. And then Cassie was enrolled at the school. And that's where she's currently at now. So she has school every, like she's an adult school program and that's during the week mm-hmm. and then she you come home and she ha- you have nicole if she's not in school yes caregiver okay i don't know yeah i was patty and i were discussing that because so i have a son with autism i don't know hi i'm holly yeah i, I wasn't sure <laughs> <laughs> you're like how do you know these terms <laughs> um, 
But a, fr- a coworker of mine, her father died a couple of years ago, and she's now taking care of her adult brother who's autistic. And so she called me asking for ideas, like, what is he going to do during the day? Um, I guess he can be alone during the day, but she just is like, he's bored. Are there programs, what to do? And I was like, I was so excited. Like, I love helping people when they call. I know everything to do when you first get a diagnosis and everything to do with elementary school and everything. And I was like, I have no clue <laughs> about adults. Absolutely no clue. So I had to act, like call where my son has therapy and ask them and, and find out. And I was like, I'm learning myself because I haven't really thought that far. I'm trying to just think one day at a time. Um, so that just seems difficult. But I'm glad she's, so she's in a school program. So you don't have to worry about like keeping her entertained and that kind of thing. And then when Nicole's there, is it just like she kind of vegges out? Yeah, uh, when Nicole's the there, part. it depends. No, Nicole's amazing. Like, she's really good with Cassie. And so I have cameras in my house, nanny cams, if you will. I have one in Cassie's room as well as one downstairs in our main living room because I like to be able to check on her without necessarily letting her know my presence. Because mm-hmm. sometimes it'll agitate her. She all of a sudden decides she wants something, and it's like, okay, no, you don't need something. You just see me, and you associate that. And so, like, right now I could probably pull up my phone and check on her, and she's probably in bed. But um, as far as looking at her with Nicole I've watched Cassie have a complete meltdown and Nicole just stand there and I've told her you know don't put hands on her because I don't want you to get hurt I don't care if she thrashes because she's like a bowling ball like she's not gonna break and so I watched Nicole stand maybe this far apart you know two feet apart from her and she's busting out like just mad and then she stopped and Nicole asked her like do you want a hug and Cassie gave her a hug, and I was like, what the hell? I don't get hugs. Like, <laughs> snake, you know? But Nicole's amazing with her. So as far as entertaining her goes, I mean, uh, with me, she likes to listen to Disneyland Fun for ever, for a loop. Like, just every single 45 minutes, she'll come in, ask for me to restart it, and then we'll do the whole thing until she gets bored, and then she'll watch Barney or Sesame Street. She likes very old-school kind of cartoons in Disney. Mm-hmm. And so she'll watch that. Um, she'll write words. And so if you ever look at her pieces of paper that she has on our kitchen table, they have coherent words that she'll write, whether they're things she is currently looking at or things she's thinking of. But some people think they look like chicken scratches. So it's kind of like, can you read your own kid's artwork? So, yeah. Well, you, I, I forget how much I, Jackson isn't auto, like audible. Like, to me, he's intelligible, and I can understand what he's saying. But everyone else is like, I didn't know what he was saying. And I was like, oh, you don't know that ing means sing and that yeah. that ought means are <laughs> too? Like, you don't? Oh, my bad. My bad. You don't speak Jackson. Yeah. yeah. So you've learned to speak Cassie and learn all of her mannerisms and all that jazz. Yeah. Now, can I ask about when was she diagnosed with autism as well because I assume it was two separate things um so she was diagnosed with autism at the age of five and she was diagnosed with mental retardation I think a little later when she was in the schooling system oh I was assuming it would be the other way around and then later as an adult they're like oh yeah she's also autistic but wow okay no and it might have been because of the time frame that she was diagnosed in which was Mm -hmm. she was born in 1990 and so in which case there wasn't a whole lot of research out yet about autism and my mom never really thought anything about it until um she was watching her with other kids and it was just she would sit there in the corner and just not do anything it was funny because as um somebody who grew up in an earlier age my mom had a vhs tape of cassie at a birthday party 
and she's with kids her age, so you would not be able to tell looking at her face because she still didn't have the deer in the headlights look. Mm-hmm. She just kind of would sit down and just, you know, shaking, nothing, just sat down and there's like kids running and like kids fighting and she's just sitting there. And the reason she was sitting so still is because um, it was a Winnie the Pooh themed birthday party. And so Tigger was up on the stage, like doing something. She was just like watching, just in amazement. So. So how old was she with diagnosed with autism? Five. Five. And then eight, you said, with intellectual disability. Okay. And then you were born around the time she was eight. You have this look on your face like, whoa, I can't handle this. <laughs> I can't because there's so many. I go through to the emotions right off the bat. <laughs> so I'm just thinking of your mom who's just gotten mm-hmm. sober somewhat and how much guilt she probably has of like, I have not given this child the start and like feeling guilty and then having a newborn and then being totally tired because you have a newborn kind of thing and it's just the beginning like it's just a lot and then I think of you at eight years old and immediately I want to be angry like immediately I want to be like uh no I'm eight I'm supposed to be reading and I'm supposed (laughs) to be doing this and I would not have the attitude that you have of like I'm going to serve my mother by serving Cassie like (laughs) that is not what I would do I'd be like F you, I'm doing my own thing, you know? Like, I hear my daughter say, I wish I never had a brother. I wish that I was an only child. I wish I wasn't a twin. And I relate to them because a part of me is like, I'm sorry I said yes to Jackson. Like, I'm sorry. Like, it is my fault to that degree. And it doesn't, I mean, did you have any of those emotions? I did. So it was probably in 2010. Um I had just uh, got my first degree black belt in 2009, so I thought I was hot shit. And then um, in 2010, we were at the old apartment, and she was just throwing a fit. It was a bad couple of years. It was like three, four years of just like every day she was pissed off, and every day she was violent, and every day she was thrashing. And it was a matter of we had to videotape her violent outbursts to make sure that if we were ever contacted, we weren't accused of abusing her. And so one of the days um, I was restraining her and she slipped and she hit me hard. And I was like, this isn't right. You don't love me. And she's autistic. So it wasn't necessarily a directed attack, even though she will now. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, what do you want? You know? But um, when that happened, you know, my mom was always open to the idea of putting her in a group home. She just, she was like, I can't do it. And I told her, I said, if you put her in a group home, I'm running away. Like, I don't want to be here, you know? And so I told my mom, and then after that happened, I said, okay, put her in a home. I don't want her here, you know? It was like, we had this bond, and you broke my trust. And it was like, took me probably like a solid week to realize I was being dramatic. But it that was probably the first, and that's probably the first time I ever felt like that. And I was like, you don't belong here, because you don't treat family like that. I mean, Susanna? beat the shit out of each other that was nothing new but it was the fact that I couldn't actually understand why Cassie hit me until funny thing was we got it on video and I looked and I was like wow my hand actually slipped and I wasn't paying attention and so her hand just came down and she slapped me in the face I was like well that was my fault I should have held on tighter but do you understand now your mom 
probably having to struggle with that decision because I'm sure your mom doesn't want to put her child in a home. But when it comes to the safety of the other kids in the house, that's got to be a big thing. Like, is the is it safer for my other kids? Yeah. And so you guys remember like old school TVs with huge bags, they weighed like a hundred pounds. Yeah. So Cassie almost killed me when I was younger because I went to go lay in her room with her and I was laying on the floor and in the middle of the night she got up, slammed the TV right in front of me. Had I been any closer to the TV, I would have been crushed. And so my mom woke up. I was, I slept through the whole thing. I was like, no, it was a good night's sleep for me, you know? (laughs) And my mom woke up pissed. She was like, what the hell happened? And I'm like, what, what happened? Like, and my mom told me, she was like, yeah, Cassie smashed the TV and you were right there. And so what's funny is years later, like right around eight, when I was learning how to take care of her, the same thing happened, except it was a smaller TV. So I wasn't as uh, nearly in danger, but it was at my grandma's house and they did the same thing. She went forward and she like tried to push the TV on me. And I was like, what the hell? I didn't do anything, but I was in her way. So she got mad and she was like, get out of my way. But... So I can definitely understand that my mom was in fear for the safety of her other children because Cassie would be violent. And if you didn't learn how to deal with it early, you were going to be picked off. Yeah, that's my biggest fear is I'm going to have to make that decision for Jackson because he is so strong and he is so big and it's going to, it could, doesn't have to, and it may not, but it could get to the point and I'm going to have to choose. And it's going to be hard. I've finally gotten to the point where I can leave. So my, I have three boys and my autistic son is the oldest and he would harm his younger brothers. Um, and I've just gotten to the point where I can leave them alone in the room and it's okay. Um, and kind of like you said, like, is he watching a TV show? Like he got a Nintendo switch for Christmas. And so if he's playing that, I can do whatever I want. Like I can leave him (laughs) for an hour. (laughs) I know he's busy. He's fine. I'm the opposite. I used to be able to with the girls, and now Jackson's gotten so strong. Oh, yeah. And now I'm like, I don't think I can. Like, now it's like they can't. Like, today when we were at the cabin, I was like, I have 20 seconds. (laughs) Like, you know? (laughs) And I would run because you never know what if he's going to run off and they're not going to be able to get him back or that kind of stuff. So I'm getting further from that, not closer. Sorry. One day. (laughs) One day is right. Maybe. Or I'll be in a group home. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that wasn't funny, but that was funny to me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll have hey. to choose between my kids. <laughs> this is a sucky conversation said with a smile. Okay. Good. I'm glad that you're human and you had that conversation because I was starting to feel really crappy about myself again. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I was like, man, this person's like Mother Teresa over here. <laughs> like, you know what? If you were put... Like, none of us know how we would react if we were put in certain situations. Yeah, you know. You don't know, Patty. And, I mean, you took Jackson when you knew a lot of the risks and stuff, and I was going, don't take him. (laughs) So, (laughs) I don't know about that either. Um, We're going to move on. (laughs) We're going to move on. Thanks for riding on the denial bus. What's your stops coming up? You're going to have to get off. Get back to the real world. Life. Don't worry. You got this.